when we start a business, any type of business, we go out there, we get customers, cash flow comes in, we pay our expenses, and what's left over is our profit, right? Wrong. According to financial expert and coach Rocky Lalvani, Profit First should be our entire focus. And through his podcast, The Profit Answer Man and The Richer Soul, he helps entrepreneurs flip their viewpoint on money to find out exactly how they think about money and how they can turn the way they think about money into an advantage to help their businesses grow and succeed. And on this episode, I sat down with Rocky and we dig in deep on what it takes to shift your mindset to profit first and the strategies that he uses with his own personal clients to help them get control of their business and their cash flow. So at the end of the year, the profit is there. We're not just taking what's left over. So sit back, grab a cool drink, enjoy this episode of What's the Secret Podcast. Tired of being at the mercy of your job? Tired of watching your hard work fill someone else's bank account? Want control of your time and lifestyle? Well, if you want the real secrets, the gurus won't tell you of how ordinary people, just like you and me, can create thriving businesses that deliver financial and lifestyle freedom, you're in the right place. Aloha. My name's Tom Gaddis, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha, Rocky, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. How's it going, man? Aloha, Tom. Excited to be here and to join you today on the podcast. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. So, you know, for the listeners out there, I actually met Rocky at a podcasting event and he interviewed me as a guest on his podcast. And we started talking and we kept in touch a little bit afterwards. And I was like, man, I need to get you on What's the Secret to talk, to talk a little bit about what you talk about, which we will get into. I know that sounded kind of confusing right there, but it'll all make sense here in a few minutes. So Rocky, why don't you tell the listeners of uh, WTS a little bit about yourself and, and, and why you're here? Sure. So I'm an immigrant to the United States and I came here when I was a little kid. My parents were starting over for the second time in life. And back then the world was very different. So when they left India, they were only allowed to convert $25. And so they essentially, we started on the wrong side of the tracks. But very quickly, they built up economic and financial success. And I remember as a kid that they would, all the, the parents of kind of the people who came over at the same time would get together and they would talk about how do you fit in in America? How do you build wealth? How do you succeed? And it was always an expectation that you were going to be successful. And within a very short period of time, and by short, I probably mean like 10, 12 years, you saw people quickly move up that economic ladder. But what I got to do was I got to hear them talk about money. I got to hear them talk about life and, and, and the different principles. And then you're kind of navigating the old world and the new world and trying to make it all fit together. And I never realized that money was a taboo subject. So I was always like, as an adult, I achieved financial success. And I'm like, why aren't there more millionaires? Like, why is this such a big deal? And come to realize that most people don't talk about money. And if you think about it, we aren't taught money in school. I have an MBA, right? They didn't teach me how to build a profitable business, really. They teach you how to 
fill out reports and, and look at things, but not how to build wealth. Yeah. I, well, you know, I think that is so true. It's interesting. Cause I used to think I didn't go to college and for a long time, I really beat myself up about that. Like I really felt like, Oh, I was just like missing out on it, you know? And then when I got into entrepreneurship, I started to realize like, Oh wow. Like the skills you need to really to build wealth, like you say, are very different from the skills that they teach you in college. And that's very true. I mean, I've told my kids, like, I almost tried to talk them out of going to college, you know, like, why don't you just go do something? Why are you wasting your time here? And I find it absolutely hilarious that the hottest thing in college right now is entrepreneurship degrees. I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you spend a hundred and something thousand dollars to learn how to be an entrepreneur? Why don't you just take 10 grand and just go do it? Yeah. Well, you know, I, as a former restaurant manager, I would see that all the time because I, you know, worked my way up as a restaurant manager. And then I would be managing people as waiters and servers, bartenders that had four year restaurant management degrees. They had just gotten out. Right. And they had to start exactly where I started and work their way up just as quickly. So yeah, I got to see a little bit about in the restaurant world. Um, so let me That's ask funny. You. Cause when I was a kid, I worked in restaurants and actually when I was in college, I was, they were starting a franchise and they would send me as a college student around, you know, and say, Hey, go help these people get their restaurants started. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, I did a little bit of that too for the Olive Garden and it was fun times. You get to travel. You're like, yeah, as a young kid, you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about so what did you, so I know now, right? Like you're, you're helping entrepreneurs, you're talking about building wealth, putting those things in place, but what did you, what did you do before that? Like, what was your career? So I spent most of my career in sales, mostly in the medical space. Um, I did it because a couple of years out of college, I was a sales manager in a, in an office equipment company and all the pharmaceutical companies were stealing my reps. And I'm like, well, if, if you can't beat them, you might as well join them. And it was a good life. I mean, I, I, I never loved it. It wasn't my passion, but it gave me a lot of money and it gave me a lot of time freedom. And so as long as I had those two things, I knew that I would get my, my passion and my, my fun from somewhere else. So I got to be there with my kids. You know, they're now in college, but I got to be at all their sporting events, show up at their school activities, coach when they, they did soccer and robotics and all that stuff. So I was always there and always had the time to be with them. And we would always take two week vacations plus every year. We take off two weeks for Christmas and hang out at home. So it was a good life. I couldn't complain. So I think it's real interesting what you said there. So you, you chose that because it gave you some things that you wanted time freedom and the ability to generate a lot of revenue, right? A lot of income, but it wasn't really your passion. But I, I assume like, as you're doing it, did you develop, I don't know if passion's the right word for it, but did you develop a, you know, just like a, an attitude towards it where it's like you enjoyed doing it or how did that go? It, it was fun, but if you've looked at the pharmaceutical industry, it has dramatically shifted. So when I first got into this and when I would first get to go talk to doctors, information was gold. 
right? You're talking late 90s, early 2000s, no internet. You know, if you want a medical journal, you've got to go to a medical library and find the article. But hey, I can come in and educate you. And I literally would have the ability to bring in so much research and say, let me share this with you. Let me tell you how to do this. And that was a lot of fun. Later on, all these government restrictions came in. And so you weren't allowed to do that anymore. You couldn't really give things away. And the internet came along. So if a doctor needed an answer, he just got on the internet, talked to colleagues all over the world and instantly got his solutions. And I was no longer able to share that with him. So they, they restricted us. So now I can't provide information and he's got access to information. I become essentially worthless. Yeah. Huh. That, that, that's interesting. I never, I didn't even realize any of that was going on. Right. Well, so you should have noticed that there was a time where all the pharmaceutical reps would walk into Olive Garden and pick up lunches every day. <laughs> and would, that yeah. stopped. That went way down when they started curtailing all of that. Oh, wow. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about, because, okay, so you're, you're doing sales, you're in the pharmaceutical industry, you're, you're able to have some time freedom, you're generating some income, right? The thing is, like, you're, you're a pretty young guy, and now you're kind of doing whatever, you know, you're following things you're passionate about, you're building some businesses for yourself and things like that. The thing that intrigues me about that is I know a lot of people who generated a lot of income, but didn't generate the ability to do what you're doing. They didn't really build wealth, right? Like they thought the, you know, all it took was generating a lot of income. Like if I can just generate income and generate more and more and more, like eventually I'm going to not have to do that. And, and uh, so maybe you can talk a little bit about how you turned that career, that thing into being able to do what you want now. Top line is vanity, bottom line is sanity, and cash is king, right? So I generated the income, but what we did was we always kept our spending lower. We still had a wonderful life. I automated all of my savings from day one. So come out of college at 21, and I turn on all these automated income savings streams. So company stock, credit union, 401ks, uh, after-tax brokerage accounts. I always wanted to be wealthy. So even though I didn't want the job, I did know I always wanted to be wealthy. I would, as a kid, I'd be reading the Wall Street Journal. Like, how do I buy stocks? How do I do this? Because I just automated everything, the money started just building up. Even if I did stupid, the money continued to build up. And I always had side businesses. So I I was entrepreneurial as a kid. And I got out and I started making great money. So I kind of, you know, the enemy of great is good. But then we did start building up businesses. I love trying to figure out how to save on taxes. So I'm an enrolled agent. I've been doing, you know, we do tax work on the side for decades. And then I did real estate on the side. I had the time freedom to do some real estate stuff, flipping, rentals, all of that as well. Um, But if you automate your savings, the compound curve kicks in. And it works both ways. It works with debt and it works with building well. You know, if you keep taking on little bits of debt over time, you get into massive trouble. Well, compounding works both ways. I mean, if you've ever heard the penny doubling story, it's incredible how fast a penny can turn into real wealth. 
And I can give you a quick example. Like if you took a penny and you doubled it every day, at the end of 31 days, you would have over $20 million. Holy cow. 31 days? Like 31. 31 days. I was waiting for you to say 31 years, but 31 days. If you double a penny every day for 31 days, in other words, you, you take it, you know, like I yeah. do it as a payout. Um, that's basically what you would end up with. Wow. That's amazing. So just little bits. So, okay. So you're, you're generating income, but you're also automating your savings and you're doing mm -hmm. that thing. And you're not, you know, like you said, you're not really, you're not like skimping on life. Like you're having a good life, but you just have these, these, these processes in place so that all this stuff is happening behind the scenes. Little bits going here, little bits going there. Well, yeah, if you think about it, we all face lifestyle inflation, right? You make more, you spend more, you make more, you spend more. Well, if, if you just keep that gap a little bit wider and then you can build wealth. And that's why top line doesn't matter. What matters is what you keep. Yeah. Interesting. You know, it's fine. When you were talking about developing the businesses on the side and so you had your, you know, your sales gig going, but you're also doing real estate and some other things. I was thinking about how, you know, here in Hawaii, like that's a very common thing to do because the cost of living is so high. Like very rare that you find somebody that just has one thing, even entrepreneurs, like most entrepreneurs here in Hawaii either do multiple businesses or like their, their, their partner or spouse works as well. Very rare that you find somebody that doesn't either have multiple things going on or everyone in the family is working some type of business, right? Uh, just to try to keep up. But you were doing that outside of that, which allowed you to keep that gap wide enough to, to save and generate those things, right? Absolutely. <laughs>
that was the reason that I joined with Profit First. So the principles of Profit First are the same principles I use to build wealth. They're just relabeled. And the biggest thing, if you want as a business owner to have success is when you started your business, if you did a business plan, it said you're going to be profitable, right? Why not create an account and put that percentage of profit into your account every time you get revenue? And you can start with a small number. I don't care if you start with 1%. I tell people start with 1% because you're not going to miss a dollar out of 100. Three months from now, make it 2%, right? Six months from now, make it 3%. If you keep doing that, you know, at the end of two years, you've got an 8% profit margin. Depending on your revenue, that adds up to some serious cash getting set aside. What we do with the profit is if you're in debt, use that account to start paying down your debt. And that helps you get out of debt. Now, if you're out of debt, now you have less cash flow going out. So now you have the ability to even greater increase your wealth building skills. So that's probably the simplest and easiest thing I can tell people. And it's, it's the last thing most business owners do because we're supposed to reinvest in our business. We have to spend money to make money. That's not true. That's a lie. Yeah. So what you're saying is set your business up from the get-go and pay yourself your profit right out of the gate, right mm -hmm. out of the gate. Don't wait. Like most business owners that I see wait to see what's left over. And then that is their profit. But you're saying, yeah, do the opposite. Let's focus on the profit and let the other stuff take care of itself. Profit is not an event. It's a habit, right? You've got to have that habit of being profitable and taking your profit. It's like these people who all say to me, I'm going to go to the gym when I lose weight. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I'm going to be profitable when I'm making a million dollars a year. No, you're not. If your business isn't making profit today, you're going to leverage it and you're going to grow your business to be even more unprofitable and you will kill yourself in a thousand cuts. I know I have seen that happen a lot. I've experienced that self too early on in my business. And uh, I know one of the things that you, that you advocate people doing, which I, I really believe in as well is like we were talking about setting up the systems of savings, doing that same thing with your business, having actual separate accounts, like making it hard for you to not do the right thing, right? Like if you're putting 1% profit, like you want it in an account, that's hard for you to get to. So you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, I really feel a crunch today. I'm just going to dip in there and uh, take it out. I'll just pay it back tomorrow. Like that never tends to work out, right? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. The, the biggest problem is, you know, as a business owner, you know, if you're starting out, let's say you've got $100,000 in revenue, you go in your bank account, you see all this money sitting there and you're like, woohoo, I've got money to spend. No, you don't. You've got payroll. You forgot about taxes, right? Because you got the tax bill. Um, and then you forgot all those other monthly expenditures you were supposed to make uh, in that quarterly insurance bill or that semi-annual this bill. And, you know, when you see the money s sitting there, you tend to spend without thinking. Because just like lifestyle inflation, we have business inflation. You know, we, we, we spend away. But when you start segregating your money, 
and you start giving it a purpose, you'll realize your business has a lot less to spend than you think. So I tell people, if your business has a 5% profit margin, for every additional dollar you spend, you need 20 additional dollars in revenue. You got to start thinking like that. And most business owners don't. They think, oh, I got 20 bucks coming in. I can spend 20. No, you can't. There's a ton of costs that go along with that $20 that just came in that you forgot you have to go pay. Such a shift in thinking from, I mean, I, as you were saying that, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I think that way. I, was like, <laughs> I probably need to work on that. <laughs> I, it is all my, the, profit first is mindset. The way I built wealth is, is it's simple math and compounding. And we all spend too much. You know, we're constantly marketed to business owners and people. And you've got to, you really have to keep your spending down. The other thing that we learned growing up that for some reason, it, it's not true in the United States, the rest of the world negotiates, right? They're constantly cutting deals, finding a better way. Entrepreneurs are smart people. And I tell people, you don't need more resources you need to be more resourceful. So that comes down to Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law states, I will use up all the amount of resources handed to me. So let's look at this as a simple example. You go to school, you have a research paper due, it's due in three weeks. It takes you three weeks, which is a lie because you blew it off for the first 18 days. You actually did it in three days, right? If I come to you as a business owner, right? What's the first question the sales reps asks? What's your budget for that? Whatever you tell them the budget is, they will spend. So if you've got to do something and you say, I've got $100,000 to do it, we'll spend 100,000. But if I tell you we need to do that same thing and the budget's 10 grand, you'll find a way to get it done for 10 grand. When you get out of your business, get out of the rat race and you start thinking, you'll find solutions that cost a fraction of the money. And that's what you've got to force yourself to do. Mm, really interesting. So, okay. So here's one thing I like to ask everybody that I have on the show. What did I miss? Is there a question I didn't ask you that people that are listening to this should know? Um, so I think with this system, the biggest thing is we literally set up multiple bank accounts. Right. So you have a bank account for profit, a bank account for your pay, because you, the business owner, deserve to get paid first, not paid last. Right. And so then we have a, an account for taxes. I got it. I had a guy who was in the recruiting business. He had a blowout year like he had more placements than he ever had. His accountant didn't want to call him at tax time because he owed a lot of money. She finally gets him on the phone. You know, she's like, I've been dreading this call. He's like, what's going on? You owe a lot in taxes. And he said, yeah, I know. I had a great year and I know that you didn't keep up with my taxes. How much do I owe? She said, it's almost six figures. He said, no problem. I'll drop off checks tomorrow. She's like, in the 23 years I've done this, no one has ever said that to me. He's like, I had a tax account. I had more money in the tax account than I needed. I And Actually, because we were at PodMax and I interviewed somebody at PodMax uh, who uses Profit First. And he said, before Profit First, 
tax time was scary. I was fretting it. I didn't know how I was going to deal with it. Now he goes, I own tax time. Whatever that check is, I've got the money. I can write the check. I can handle taxes. I'm covered. I sleep at night. And that's literally what the system does. It lets you sleep at night. It takes all of the emotion out of it. And then you have a, an account for your actual spending. And we always say, if, depending on your business, if you need to have seven or eight accounts, have seven or eight accounts so you can see where your dollars are and where they belong. Because most business owners aren't looking at financial statements. They're looking at their bank balance. So true. So, I mean, I remember the days of just opening up that bank account first thing in the morning. How much money do I have today? What do I need to pay? All those things. So Rocky, where can listeners go? Because I know you help a lot of people with this, setting up this system, getting this implemented in their business. So where can listeners go? They want to find out more information about you, what you do, maybe get some help from you to, to implement this in, in their business. Uh, so the best place is my podcast, which whatever you're listening to this on should have it as well. Profit Answer Man. And on the Profit Answer Man, I, I literally go chapter by chapter and I lay out everything you need to do. So you can learn everything you need to do on there. And then once you've built your, your, your finances and you're starting to get wealthy, go check out my other podcast, Richer Soul, where we talk about life beyond money. Like now that you've got the money, what is building that ultimate life mean to you? And how do you do that? That's great. And by the way, I will put links to those two podcasts in the show notes. So if you head over to TomGaddis.com on this episode page, you'll see links to the things that Rocky just mentioned here. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, if you liked what Rocky had to say, if you maybe liked what I had to say somewhere in there, you know, leave us, uh, rate us, leave us a review. We love to get, we love to get the feedback. And uh, Rocky, really super excited to to have you on the show. Thanks again for showing up and uh, and sharing everything you know with what the secrets listeners. Thank you so much for having me today, Tom. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Thank you so much. And you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening to this episode. Again, head over to TomGaddis.com. You can see all of the links and things in the show notes and leave us a review. And we'll see you on the next episode of What's the Secret Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you found it helpful, then please share it with someone else. Just simply share the link or post it on Facebook and say, check this out. Really make my day if you did that. Also, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so every podcast gets sent straight to you and you don't have to go searching for it. Again, my name's Tom Gaddis, and I'll see you next week on What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha for now, everyone.